Blanche Dubois. Blanche Aroma. Blanche Meister Z. Ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Publish, Perish or Podcast, your opportunity to look behind the scenes of science to see what science's favourite drug is. I'm Andy Stapleton and joining me today are Cameron Shearer Hello. and Christopher T. Bear Gibson. Good no. results, BA. Good reviewers, comments, schmoopy. Thank you. Good results to you too, Chris. Thank you. Um, I'm not sure. Have we done this one? I wrote in. I was like, we. I think we've done something similar. Anyway. Not I don't, that I recall. I don't want to know your favourite drug because that's libelous. And I believe that you can get sacked for that sort of stuff. So let's just all go that we all enjoy a little tipple. Lovely. That's our favorite drug. What about caffeine? Oh, right. Yeah, that's another loud one. Actually, yeah. Do you what prefer- about uh, horse, snow, blow, crank? <laughs> all right. There goes Chris's job. <laughs> um, Any ca- others, Chris? Any other names? H. Heroin? I don't take you as a heroin addict. Nose candy. That's it. That's all okay, that's all you know. That's well done. Got. You're so cool. Um, what do you prefer, alcohol or caffeine? I think I probably have more cups of coffee per week than beer. Yeah. Um, so I guess I prefer caffeine or is it just, it's caffeine's even more socially acceptable. Yeah. If you were drinking beer in the tea room, people yeah. would start looking at you strange. Well, this is the old um, Mad Men, the Mad Men lifestyle that, that Gibbo wants to live. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so you know, can just have a bit of whiskey. Uh... Well, if you've seen Mad Men, they have like a, a, a nice little snifter of, of gin, like a pint of gin, <laughs> and another sniffed. pint of gin, another, another pint of gin. That's what That was the good old days. I do not understand how why you'd go straight for hard liquor. Yeah, like those, those shows are whiskey. such bullshit. If you drank like that, you'd be asleep by 11 o'clock. After every meeting, I'd just be like, <laughs> like vomiting into a bin on the way out. That's why all the men behaved abominably back then, because they were heavingly drunk oh, all gross. the time. Gross. All right. Um, what, what do we think science's favorite drug would be? Uh, well, it would definitely be a nootropic drug. What does that mean? Nootropic means it enhances your uh, your senses. Ooh, like like the ADHD drug. R- it would definitely be something, something like ADHD, yeah, Ritalin, right. something Ritalin. like that, to uh, enhance concentration and intelligence. Yeah, but does science need it? Um, I think science wants to maximize as much intelligence as it possibly can. Yeah. So even though it has infinite intelligence, it wants more. Good, Cameron. I think that's a, that's good. Thank I'm not going to argue with Chris, but I also think that science would like the most potent drug. So which one, like the like fentanyl? How many, how many moles yeah. of the drug are required for whatever given response? So the one that's the most potent. That's what's that's one science I like. Oh, right. You Good. think fentanyl? Well, fent- fentanyl or something. That's what it's called. It's uh, it's like people are using it in place of heroin, but the lethal dose is soup is like really really low okay. compared to heroin. So that many more people okay. are over it. So something like that. Something like fentanyl. Yeah. Yeah. Whoa. God, we went there. Science is hardcore. Yeah, that's right. right, yeah. I think as a podcast, we're against fentanyl. We are against fentanyl. We're against all illegal drugs. Say no, kids. Say no. Say- Except if you're over 18, you can say yes to the odd tipple of alcohol. Thanks, and- Uncle Chris. I'm in a silence there. <laughs> Andy, are you in an agreement? Andy, your thoughts on coffee, alcohol, and what science um, would like? I, yeah. I think my favorite drug... Is uh, 
Why are you laughing, Chris? Yeah, because on, Chris. are we talking about science's favorite drug? Yeah, but I got a favorite <laughs> drug too, Chris. My favorite drug is paracetamol. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, because you can get it real cheap and mm. it, st- it stops the headaches. Can I chime in here? You know, that's but, called something else in what? Canada. What? I don't think uh, uh, acetaminophen. <laughs> oh, I hate Ooh. that name. <laughs> That sounds like that That's sounds like something like that, that uh, Willard White would make. Not Willard. What was his name? Walter. <laughs> what? Willard. From Banking Bad. Walter White. <laughs> oh, you're. Uh, if I had to choose uh, my latest favourite um, over-the-counter drug that I like to take to remove headaches is a combination of ibuprofen and paracetamol. Oh, fantastic! I pop one each, and uh, the headache and the inflammation go away. By the way, people, this is not medical advice. <laughs> <laughs> um, you are yeah. a doctor, yeah, but, not, a doctor, that, but not, not that one. Not a proper one. Yeah. So uh, don't take any medical advice from me. <laughs> no, just ask us. Plop. Blunk. Oh, what's that? It's news from the week. <laughs> um, all right, Cameron. Give us that beautiful, beautiful, stinky news. Give us that schmoopy news. What a, what a great lead-in. <laughs> Did I tell you last week that I went to a, an ECR workshop? No. Two weeks ago? Possibly. I went to an ECR meeting mm. yep. and it was ran by hero of the show, Drew Evans. Drew Evans. Yes. My, ex, my old boss. Yeah. The perennially happy Drew Evans. He is the happiest guy. That he does ring a bell. That story, but keep going anyway. Keep going. Anyway. Even even his interns, I was like, "Oh, how are you enjoying working here?" They're like, "Drew is so happy." <laughs> like anything you say, he's like, "Yes." Oh, wow. All right. How was how was a workshop? Well, it was okay. Now he's he said at the start that it began at ten a.m. because mm-hmm. he thought ECRs often are responsible for dropping off the kids, so he didn't want to start something early because then that could. Get in the way of that life. Ooh, yeah, so I think that was quite good. It's, it's really good. thoughtful. But if you don't have kids, what a great line! Yeah, yeah. All right. Now he also said on the invite, be there at nine forty-five, but they didn't start until ten <sighs> because they uh, expected people to be late. That was really annoying. Uh, I was there. What? I was there before nine forty-five because I expected it to start at nine forty-five. It didn't start until ten because. They wanted everyone to be there before it started. And you just sit awkwardly so, around yeah. looking at each other oh, being so like, So you had to make awkward conversation with people you barely knew? Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I hate that. Yeah. So I... Um, we do this, Chris, every podcast with you. Yeah, I just look at my phone. <laughs> <what happens. laughs> so I don't like that. No. Start time is start time. Trust us. We've all got PhDs. Surely we know how to read a clock. How was the rest of the workshop? I sat down at an assigned table. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I had a look at the table. Yep. And there were some pens. And there was some paper. Oh, Butch's paper. There was paper with predefined questions. The first question being, name and email address of all other people on the table. What? Okay. That's yeah. a weird box to have. Yeah. I, didn't, oh, well. I did not fill that in at all. And the rest were just... <laughs> you rebel. No one filled it in. We were oh, all okay. rebels. Rebels, rebels, rebels. The rest of us, uh, the rest of the questions were like to help, like hints to go along with our challenge. And our challenge as the group was a tech company from South Australia yep. has a problem and they need a group of dynamic <laughs> ECRs Fun. to fix this problem. <laughs> oh, they're like doing shots while they work out the, the solution. Yeah. So oh, you're just a bit beautiful. of free labor for them, were you? Is that right? Yeah. Wow. 
So, and then the different problems uh, were ranging from just boring to stupid. Mine was boring. (laughs) (laughs) Was it making a case for something? It was. Oh, no. Well, it was that there are are a company who uh, help doctors to put implants in for bone stitching. I don't know. I'm not a doctor like that. And all it is is just a screen which goes, which has a little dot on it, and it goes green when you can screw the bone in place. Okay, when the when the screw lines up with the implant. Yep, yep. And the guy said, "Look, we think that this screen that we have it looks outdated. It's in a box. Uh, Can you make that look nicer?" And then he sat down on our table, and that was that was the end. And then they had like a ten minute chat time. And then he said, all right, so you heard you heard what I said, right? We got the box. Why don't you guys just, you know, switch it out with an iPad? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that was it. That was the sum total of what you came up with? Well, that's that's and all it- that's all that's all he wanted. So if he, they've come to give challenges <laughs> to ECRs and he's come with an answer that he wanted. <laughs> Everyone else on the table were going, Oh, how about we make the the implants different so that they kind of help out with this? Uh, we we added an extra sensor so they know where a blood vessel is. Yeah. To which I said, no, 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 no. He just wants us to make it an iPad. <laughs> that, that, was, that was what you said. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Like, no, 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 guys. Listen to the guy. Listen to the guy. Look, he, he, Look, wants- he said he wanted an iPad. Let's just sit in silence for the rest of the thing. <laughs> yeah. Now shut up. Now let's all write iPad in the right box and go home. <laughs> Yep. Yeah. Well, good on you, Cameron. Well, so, for, was it useful at all? Networking was it good for networking? Well, not really. The, <laughs> the The only good thing about it was that I met Blanche Dubois' um, doppelganger. Oh, oh yes, yeah, yes, <laughs> fantastic! Yes. And he sat next to me, and I kind of felt like I wanted to be his friend. Oh, <laughs> oh that's beautiful. That did is you, beautiful. Did you lean over and be like, "You remind me of someone"? <laughs> But I kept like whispering jokes to him. <laughs> and then I was a little bit disappointed that he wasn't laughing at them very hard. Oh, and then you kissed him. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> so was he mildly surly? <laughs> uh, no, but I mean, even Blanche, you can put on a non surly facade uh, in front of strangers. Not the real Blanche. <laughs> Not the Blanche I know and love. No way. No way. Anyway, that's great. I saw this workshop on Twitter. Oh. And I saw it being promoted as, wow, look at this. ECRs collaborating with industry, you know, like impact, hashtag, uh, hashtag next generation, you know, whatever. And I was like, wow, that's cool. Are you making that up? Are you serious? This is for real. Like it was all like hashtag impact, hashtag hashtag collaboration. I shouldn't laugh or mock enthusiasm. You shouldn't. Enthusiasm is a great thing. I shouldn't. I am going to, but I shouldn't. It always reminds me of, my little rule, right? Which is attach an emotion, mm-hmm. no matter how shit a time you're having, attach a little emotion. And so I'm looking at that as an outsider going, oh, that must be a great event. Like, yeah. you know, I know that they're normally not, but it really hid how shit it was. Yes. <laughs> well, I mean, like my boring, like that, mm. of, there was about six challenges. Yeah. This one where you turn a thing into an iPad, yeah. that was the second best challenge. What? Oh, out what? of all of them. <laughs> And it was probably close between that one and first. Oh, I want to hear, I want yeah, to hear the right. worst one. Yeah, what was the <laughs> Don't worst one? Don't go to first. I want the worst. Yeah. Oh, the, the worst one, in my opinion, was there's some company and his challenge was, how do I turn my small laser company 
into a world leader. <laughs> oh, bless him. Oh, that's brilliant. Um, if you come up with something that works, could you, could you pass that bit of advice over to me as well? That sounds brilliant. In other words, he's saying, how do you make me really rich? Yeah, yeah. Really yeah. rich. How yeah. do you print money? Yeah. And, and did you have any advice for him? Make really good lasers, well, make them cheap. Wasn't my thing. And the best one. What was the best one then? You said that the uh, uh, the iPad thing was the second best. What was so, the best? Don't say tea. Uh, yeah, yeah. Morning tea. No, there, oh, so there was no coffee. What the hell are they thinking? So there was no coffee at this at the at Can the I event. Just say, the whole thing. Cameron uh, is pointing at the table rather. So, He's, there was no coffee there, there. Yeah. and yep. Drew Evans, hero of the show, perennially happy, uh-huh. what a great guy, was always, he kept on saying that, um, you know, these guys from the companies, they're going to give you a little chat and then we're going to duck off and grab a coffee while you guys sort out their problems. <gasps> so Drew Evans mentioned coffee about 10 times while the rest of us were sitting in a room without coffee. If you want people to turn oh. against you, that's how you do it. Yeah. I'm surprised it wasn't like some sort of science revolution or something. Um, <laughs> all right, second Drongo, off you go. All right. Um, so I just want to say that we've got lots of positive feedback on the last podcast that went out. The last podcast really? that went out was um, Cameron talking Massive. about his Canadian trip. What Massive episode? fail. What episode number? That was a good name. Oh, gosh. It'll be 42 maybe, 42. I think. 42, yeah. Um, yeah, so lots of lots of corridor feedback. Wow. I had someone um, actually half a corridor away, Shout. sort of walking away, <laughs> saw me, stopped, went, Oi, heard the last podcast. It was a ripper. Or words wow. to that effect. Really funny. Yeah. And then um, someone walked out of their office and said, Yeah, brilliant. That was great. Yeah. Awesome. Well, look at that. I don't know what. What is in that secret formula that we? I don't know what happened in that one. Uh, It it was funny. It was brilliant as always. Yeah, Uh, I didn't think more funny or more brilliant than normal. No, Um, but obviously there was a little bit of extra magic in there. There's some magic. So uh, I did something a little unforgivable last week. You killed someone. (laughs) No, I didn't. didn't, You didn't buy me another beer. No, you still owe me two. No, I shouldn't have said what I said. No, Uh, (laughs) I forgot to acknowledge Heavy D. Oh, come for on. Fruitful Gibbo. discussions in my science this. So oh, my he, science hang this. Hang on, he guided your science oh. this. We had we had fruity yeah, discussions. Fruitful tainted. discussions. Oh. Um and what you're, I did I didn't I forgot to acknowledge his contribution. Well, your science this is now rotten. Look, no. We should encourage collaboration in every form, but proper authorship should be given. Yeah, I oh, know, like I would definitely be first yeah. author. Are you <laughs> Are you retracting your previous science? This no, no, not at all, not at all. But I, I, I can't deny that uh, after conversing with Heavy D, I was inspired okay. to come up with the brilliant right. science this I came up with, which was smart hair. But I need to acknowledge um, his contribution. Oh, Reggie. We've got, we've got Reggie, we've got Cameron's dog in here today and uh, he's just yakking up a bone. So now I have got big news. I will be editing a special <laughs> issue what? of the prestigious journal. Oh, Nature? Nanomaterials. Na- that look, that is not Impact Factor 3.55. Yeah. The yeah. topic that. of that special issue will be application of carbon nanotubes. Wow. I, oh, Publisher? Uh, publisher is MDPI. Yes, it is. Yeah. What does that mean? It's an acronym for the name of the company. I can't remember Oh, what it God. Is. I've yeah. never even heard of that one. Yeah, it's uh, completely open access. Yep. 
you cough up for every article you publish. Yep. But you um, don't because you're editing it. Yeah. Yeah, but that means he's got to squeeze his mates for 1,400 Swiss francs uh-huh. to publish in his Swiss So it's essentially, I mean, this is like you selling Tupperware or Anne Summer's dildos or something. Like, hey, mate, we'll give you this. You've got to get In the this. form of brilliant science. Well, yes. whatever, Tupperware, same, same. But yeah, yeah. mate, you're... Yeah. You're making, you're forcing people to spend money with the journal. Come on. Well, they can always say no when I ask them to to publish a paper. But the the paper does hand out a bunch of coupons uh, to coupons. people regularly. Can I have a coupon? Yeah. How many do you have? Uh, I've got one, so I'm allowed. Oh, I'm allowed to write a paper to go into this uh, this edition. So hang on, you're you're the gatekeeper. <laughs> I think I'll, I think I you can know. see where this is going. <laughs> you're the gatekeeper of your paper. To go into this edition. Look, will I be yes. editing and reviewing my own paper? Maybe. Will I be really hard on myself? As no. always. <laughs> Hang on, but it has to go through peer review like normal. Right? Yeah, no, I won't be. I won't be reviewing it. Someone else will be. Yeah, they, they were fairly clear. But on you, that. but you still have the final say on whether yeah. or not it gets in. You can edit those reviews. Just delete out all the bits you don't want to answer. Well, we'll see what happens. <laughs> We'll see what happens. <laughs> all right. Look, first Does of all, it, I should say, well, congratulations on it, the invitation. It, thanks, oh, for the, thanks, okay. oh, yeah, Andy, yeah. thanks for the yeah, You're right, Andy. <laughs> you just both went straight for derision <laughs> and scorn. Um, Have you got some rubbish data on carbon nanotubes you want to chuck at a joint? I could dig around in the shit that I... Because I would love to review your article <laughs> and reject it outright. That would be would, bliss. Have you got 1,400 Swiss francs? I do not have that much money. Can I have a coupon? It's not going to get through anyway, mate. It's not going to get through no matter what. So, uh, tough luck. Well done. Uh, well, um, yeah. All right. Tough and luck. Well done. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Gibbo. Yeah. What great news, though. Some high-impact science going on there. That's what I do. Yeah. That's what, what I do. That's what I do, BA. And BA, would you... Happen to have anything moderately interesting to report? I got so much stuff. I got right. so much stuff. So sit back, listeners, grab yourself a, a glass of wine or go to the dunny. All right. First one, I want to say, don't go to the dunny. God, you've really Australianized this podcast. Let me go to the dunny. Um, all right. First of all, did you, did you say dunny? I know what it means. I no, don't say do it regularly. Say, no, no one says it. Only Chris. I do. Um, I do. So great news. The Wiley talk. Wasn't a scam. Really? Are you sure? Yeah. Look, actually, there's a little bit of it. but So I went there. <laughs> a little bit of it was a scam. The bit well, where they uh, tied you naked to a lamppost and so, took all your money. Yeah. So I got on the flight. Got on all the right. flight. Great. Yeah. Got into the hotel. All right. Great. Seems seems fine. Seems real. I hadn't spoken to anyone, but everyone but on email. Great. Looking forward to seeing you tomorrow. If it's a blah, scam blah, blah, and blah. they paid for your flights, it's a pretty, it's pretty, elaborate, pretty right? elaborate scam. Yeah. I've heard of some very elaborate scams. Uh, now. Let's hear it. Then I gave my talk. Very yep. well received. Could still talk. be a scam. How were, the, how were the other talks? Did you enjoy listening to them? It was very specific, obviously, about publishing, next generation, future of research, that sort of stuff. So, so there were a couple of standout talks, mm-hmm. um, uh, but there was one session. It was right after lunch as well, and he actually got up and said, we've put us here because you're all going to be sleepy. Ah, so, so we know that it's a bit dry. You're the uh, the the room upper. I was I was the warm yeah. Oh, you were working the room. Guy. I was working the room. I was yeah, it was me, um, a guy who runs uh, digital science in the UK, an academic from RMIT and also a 
ABC reporter who did, is did, head did, of the medical reporting. Did you so, did you do like in the infomercials? You run from the back with the mic. Well, hey everybody, I here did, we go. I did feel like a bit like a knob because everyone else was stood at the lectern, and I hate standing at the lectern. Yeah, like Ooh. it really puts a barrier. So. It, during my like yeah. thing, I went and up to And you do the, like to, to, to... I'm a bit flamboyant to uh, walk around. Put a sock in the old pants as well. I love doing that. <laughs> Why is that a thing? <laughs> Mate, I can assure you, that's no sock. <laughs> um, no, it's it just really baggy underwear. Let's <laughs> just crunch it up. It's a um, sock full of pebbles. Anyway, keep going. Anyway, so <laughs> I felt like a bit like a knob because uh, he was like... I said, oh, have you got um, a lapel mic? Because okay. I, I do like to walk about a bit. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. I felt a bit professional, a bit like, yeah, mic? I know what I'm... Any yeah. luck? And they fitted me out. Oh. Yeah, so absolutely. Not, not, the, not a Madonna mic? Not a Madonna. I would have loved that. <laughs> Little stage mic. That would have been so good. Because if this is a scam, it's it's very elaborate. It's starting to get quite elaborate because not only have they <laughs> put on an entire seminar series <laughs> with invited real people that are on Twitter, unless they are also fake. Yeah, I bet they asked for your bank account um, details at some point, though, didn't the, they? Well, hang on. This is where it's getting a oh, bit here scary. We go. Here we go. So, uh, so anyway, so everyone was really nice. I, I tell you what, guys, I networked the shit out of it. Oh, now I, I've Ooh. always thought I'm a good networker. Yeah, but I really came into my own. Did you employ a tactic? Um, so in the past, I've had if I make eye contact, yep. I go up and say hi. Yep. This one, because I was an invited talker and I had a yellow name badge instead of a blue one, yep. I was puffing my chest out, yep. walking You're around. You're and people would go, Andy. And I'd be like, yes. Oh. And I would talk to them and they we exchanged business cards and Pocket Conference, my startup, got about five leads and people that are interested in the service, Whoa, um, which is fantastic. And... I, w- I went outside to make a phone call to Kate, uh, my partner, and I had a queue of two people waiting for the phone call to finish. Oh, wow. So I'll tell you what, I felt like a superstar. So this is where it gets scammy, guys. They said to me, keep your receipts for taxi Ooh, and food. Yeah. I okay. sent off an email this week. Yeah. Hey, just wondering if you want to send through the forms for reimbursement. Still nothing. Oh, yeah. So there we are. That's They've how they could have got me. They've yeah, fucking it got you, sunshine. The city of Melbourne. <laughs> yeah. The city of Melbourne is scammed. Yeah. Scammed yeah. you. Just all you bumpkins out there, you listen to this story and take care. This is how you can get scammed. That's right, yeah. Next so time I'm, you be more careful, I'm Andy. currently down one taxi ride and a nice bowl of ramen. So uh, we'll yeah. see. Are you told yeah. us at dinner that you actually shared a taxi with someone on the way out does that mean they paid yeah they paid for that one did you did you offer it all no <laughs> <laughs> oh wow you scammed the scammers i scammed the scammers <laughs> boom Whoa, man. Um, anyway so no, look, the wiley was a great thing um other quick news is that uh the first australia science channel sponsored video is going out this week Oh, which well, is great. To it. So branded Australia Science Channel is fantastic. And uh, the last big bit of news is that Pocket Conference, my startup, has made it into the final pitching rounds where I stand a chance of winning a share of 90,000 Australian dollars. What? I know. Really? Yes. What? I know. How many other people are, uh, are in the so final? So there's six. So there were, we got, I think there was about 20 businesses and I was selected out as, uh, with another five. So six of us down to the finals. And there's like a top prize, second prize, people's choice. There's two trips to the United States on offer to go to Startup Magic World or something. Wow. There's in-kind mentoring. So that's tomorrow night. What? What are you other- doing here? 
I, well, mate, I've practiced all day. It's practicing the shower in the. T- it's a five-minute pitch, mm-hmm. and I've already given it once, obviously, to get into the the finals. Yeah. So now it's about refining it, making it a little bit smoother. So I've been doing that today, and I'll do that tomorrow as and well. And if uh, accidents were happen to befall the other five contestants, uh, look, I'd pay some good money. I'd pay a share of ninety thousand dollars. <laughs> All no, right. but I tell you amazing. what, there's some awesome other, you know, I, it's great to be selected. I already feel like a winner because I'm having a chance to speak about Pocket Conference, which is a business oh, that's been live. Oh, you're sounding smooth already. Thanks very yeah, much, man. Yeah. Just quickly, where, yeah. where are you presenting tomorrow night then? Uh, it is in the Tonsley uh, precinct. Yeah. Yeah. Can anyone come? It's uh, invitation only. I've got two free tickets, actually. Do you want to come along? What time? <sighs> 6.30. No, I'm busy. Yeah, I can't. I've got to be home tomorrow night. Look well, thanks for your fucking support, guys. <laughs> 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 Lauren will go. What is it, Eddie? Oh, good. <laughs> oh, okay. Scared so, the shit out of me. <laughs> Jesus. There's feedback from listeners. Oh, good. Um, so, let's go. From Facebook, Alicia Caruso. Alakaya. Alakaya said, loved the new segment. This is a 42. So, the one with the magic secret sauce. She said, love the new segment. Episode also had me grinning like a crazy person on the bus and walking to work. Yeah, so, like that. The new segment being the love, marry, or kill. Yeah, that was a great segment. So Brilliant. any suggestions, Brilliant. P-poppers, you've got, let us know and we'll give it a go. Um, the guy that called us Drongo, Drongo and Half Pole. I saw him, CC. Yeah, CC, that's right. Yeah, so Carl Callahan. Um, he <laughs> says, Carl. Carl. No, he's English. Yeah, I think. he's English, I think. Yeah, because he Carl. mentioned neighbors. <laughs> <laughs> um, he said, I'm absolutely loving this show and promise not to message you while drunk like that last one. <laughs> <laughs> his no, last, we love him drunk. I his said last that. message is that, all right, Drongo, Drongo and Half Pole. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Um, Keep them coming. <laughs> Drunker the better. He says, I have half a dozen or so science and skeptical podcasts on the go and yours is one of the highlights. A great laugh and full of insights. Big grins and a thumbs up to you all. And Cameron, never trust a gauge ever again. Ooh, oh, good yeah. advice. Good, yeah. advice. good, good advice. advice. And the last one. I don't know how else I could have known the pressure inside that chamber though. Was, well, just put your finger in it. Yeah. 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 Just That's feel right. it. Feel yeah. it. Lick your finger. Yep, exactly. It feels empty. Ah, I didn't know that was a thing. <laughs> if, if it feels empty. If it feels really empty. <laughs> That's the good. The vacuum's high. Yeah. Very good, very um, good. And last little bit from Twitter from Alison Turbush, who's at All In The Lab. She says, shout out to P-Pop for the entertaining and inspiration while I scienced the shit out of this one. It was a picture of a broken container that she apparently Ooh. had to hack into with a few blades. Well okay. done. Good. So, on you. Good so science. I'm, yes. I'm pleased and, uh, we were there for the frustration and we could provide a little bit of yeah. happiness. And, and and we uh, we want all of our listeners to science the shit out of anything they can. Science that shit. All right, my lovely P-pop chums. G'day. It's time for topic of the day. Topic of the day. Topic of the day. Day. Um, and this comes from us. This oh, comes from us. It? Yeah. Yeah, I think we come up. Anyway, oh. um, Cameron. Team, team effort, wasn't team it? Team effort. It was team effort. It was a genuine P-pop email team effort. Um, but Cameron, this stems from a question that you were asked. Do you remember what the question was? Yes, well, not exactly. But yeah. um, I was, they were putting the RACI, the Royal Australian Chemical Institute, were putting together some kind of de- decadal plan. Decadal, nice. yeah, for what, what they're going to do in the next ten years, like, yeah, like the challenges of chemistry, yeah. And they interviewed me, 
I guess because they imagined I was going to be one of the four. No. uh, (laughs) What? Future leader of the world? (laughs) I think someone nominated me. Um, And one of the questions the the interviewer asked me, so they asked me to explain my research and I said, blah, 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 solar cells. And they said, okay, so when that research is all, when you've achieved all those research goals, then what are you going to do? To which oh. I said, well, uh, um, 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 I'm sure that some of there's always going to be improvements. Mm. And to which they said, oh, yeah, this is common amongst ECRs. They never, they can never look past like the next five years. Weird. That's it. So they said that. Is it short-sighted? Do you think you're being short-sighted? Well, I don't know. I think I, I, I have so many problems just doing what, like the thing I'm trying to do well that I, I don't really have time. Like if I think about the future yeah. too much i'm not actually gonna do the small incremental steps required to achieve my but one are, year goal are they trying to say that eventually you know you'll you'll leave you'll leave solar cells and do something else is that what they're talking about well like so say there's a point where there's no reason for solar cells to be researched at universities anymore mm. what would you what would you do then that's yes. what they're asking yeah yeah well I, I don't know. so is do you think so what, what what's come first? Is it that ECRs are just short-sighted and that we're so focused on short-term goals? Or is it that the situation has forced us to be like that because we're on short-term contracts? It's always, what can I do to get money next? Yeah. As opposed to my... I mean, we've talked about this before, like the 10-year plan. Mm-hmm. But we can't make a 10-year plan because, I mean, what's your next contracts for a, a year? One year, yeah. Chris, you're currently two years. Two years, yeah. Which is actually quite long in the grand scheme of things. I think yeah. you're lucky to get three years. So long contract I've signed for a number of years. You can make a three-year plan. So what is it? Is it that we're just reacting to a system that we've been brought up in? Or is it that we're just, we, we haven't been trained properly? What is it? Well, I don't really know. I think that, I mean, the only, the only so I've written down a few things because we knew we were talking about this. I mean, my only answers are just coming from my general interest in science fiction in the future. Yeah, my answers right. aren't coming from like my scientific thoughts on where things are headed because, yeah. I mean, we don't really know. And, mm. I mean, my my research question is to work out something now. It's mm. not so much to work out something in the future. Yeah, But still, I think it's like, I mean, it's a good question. Now, I think, Chris, you've got your research topic might be even better for this in your research of cantilever calibration, Ooh. you try to work out how bendy a small bit of silicon is. A tiny bit of silicon. Now, say tomorrow someone works out the perfect method to do it. What, then what do you do? Then what's your research area? Um, well, I just keep doing it. No, uh, <laughs> no look, uh, I suppose there has to be some endpoint to some areas of research, but... To be honest, like what areas of research really, really end? Cantilever calibration if someone works out a good way to do it. Well, then I guess if if I really thought, put it this way, if I really thought I couldn't publish any more papers in the field and I was going to submit papers based on that and people were going to go, sorry, mate, this is, uh, it's already been done. You know, there's this method's problems, out there problem now. Problem solved. Problem been solved. Your, your paper's a waste of time. Yeah. Um, then I would stop. I would, I would definitely stop. But you know what? But then what that would just you, doesn't happen in science. But then what would you research? I'd have to turn to some of the projects that I'm interested in now, I'd say. And for me, the projects that I'm interested in now are actually 
sometimes other people's work. So people come to me to solve certain problems, yep. help them with measurements. I get yep. involved in those projects. Yep. And I, I guess I take on some of that um, that interest and that love. I mean, look, you know, I do, do still come up with ideas that result in papers. Uh, we've talked recently about uh, the microwaving of phosphorus into phosphorus. So I still consider an area of research. But they're, can I call them side projects for you? For me, yes, they're still side projects. But... Look, a lot of this, all my own research is all side projects. Is this why some people will never ever have a chance in academia is because they're thinking too short term. And so their project comes to an end. It's out of fashion because mm-hmm. things do go in and out of fashion, maybe maybe a bit quicker than we would like. But there are some areas of research that some academics are in for their entire career. Well, but maybe that was the, that's like the past. Yeah. Maybe like, maybe when you were young... In when time didn't exist, like that was okay. You could work out something for a long time. Whereas now you've got to keep up to with where the grant money is, the hot topics, and the government initiatives. Those are the things that ultimately decide successful. Grants. Well, I think it's still possible to find a topic or an area of research that is gonna that has a future that has you know you could see 20, 30, 40 years in the future. It's still going to probably be going. And well, I would say solar cells are probably still in that. That area. What do you think? I mean, they Cameron? can always be made more efficient. They can always be made cheaper. They can always be made more durable. I think that, say, the semiconductor solar cell industry, mm-hmm. right now, there's not a lot of uh, university based research going into it. It's more engineering style mm. uh, industrial research. Yep. But I, I think that there are other like paradigms, if you allow me to use that word, which I don't oh. like using. So say we go from a semiconductor where it's where the light's being excited from a conduction band into a valence band. You could the next step would be to use molecules to absorb light. Where we're going from a a homo to a lumo. Oh, uh, and then I and then like my little uh, um, my little science fiction thing is then you just go smaller after that. So instead of using du- molecules to absorb light, you use atoms. Yeah, quantum dots. No, they're, they're a collection of atoms, but they would kind of be somewhere like you're quantum wrong. dots are bigger than molecules. What I see with successful academics is it's not that they pick one interesting area and they, they stick with that for years and years, is that they expand the number of areas they're looking into. I almost feel like it's the, not that, not that they expand, but they just scram, scramble or scrabble for like just low-hanging fruit. Low-hanging fruit that they can apply their skills to. Yeah. It's yeah, but that's not always necessarily in the same area. No, you no. You can cover it, a few different areas. But they're still doing the same thing. They're just doing it to something new. Do you know, it's, not, it's not like a new area. They're still in their area. Okay. But they're just like, oh, I'll apply my specific thing to that dude's research. Yeah. So you're putting... Yeah, yeah. I can, I can think of a couple of academics that, that fit that, that model quite well. well. Can I and Chris? No. Chris, you, <laughs> me, your your recent phosphorine papers. I mean, you're just putting AFM and Raman, your two things to phosphorine. Yes, that's that was I char- I characterised so, the material using that. Yeah, so but you're, the you're, idea behind producing it has nothing to do with what I usually do. But you, it came from a carbon nanotube, a cantilever modification paper. Uh kind of. I guess I actually got the idea from a Nature paper. A nature oh, paper, the graphene. Yeah, yeah, yeah but that was yeah. also f- because of the AFM imaging. 
Yeah, I guess it was, was connected reason. to that because the AFM <laughs> images were so rubbish. Mm. In it. So, so give, give me an example then of someone that you've, or not of someone, but like of a project that you've seen or a person that you've seen. So John completely- Sader would be a good example. So okay. John obviously has got loads of stuff on, on cantilever calibration. Yeah. But then he's got all this other theoretical um, expertise in fluid flow and things like that, microchannel okay. plates and things like that. But I guess his overarching um, theoretical studies tend to be in fluid flows and things like that. But yeah. he applies them to lots of different areas. Yeah. And, if you and look that's at his, the key to yeah, and if longevity. <laughs> yeah. So that's supporting what Andy was saying and you're arguing against kind of but i mean you have a subset of skills but you have to apply them to different areas you can't just stay in the same one all the time yeah so like 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 if you were to just stay in solar cells in one area of solar cells for 20 or 30 years and one specific type of solar cell then i think you are going to get stuck at some point mm. I mean, you got it. So in the solar cell field, there was a proskite thing recently, wasn't yes. there? Yes. Yeah. So that completely shifted. I know in CSIRO, they essentially shut down all of one type of yeah. research they do in plastic solar cells. So um, solar cells made from semiconducting polymers, yeah. and that one thing shut down an entire research division and refocused them on new solar cells. Yes. Um, so, is it that? staying or like preparing for the future is just being reactive to that to new things and then trying to be the first at innovating that new shift or that new type i mean is is that staying current i think it's the staying current in the current climate yeah right. current twice in a sentence <laughs> with, with different meanings in terms of staying future-proof and yes. future-proofing your career yeah have you got any idea about the best way to do that well i think i think it's what you said so i would say that i'm not a solar cell person i'm a nanomaterial person okay and then if someone else asked me i would say i'm a surface chemistry person and so right. I, I feel like those two things can be applied into a a, a varied set of applications yeah yeah and so that's so the the next job that i'm going to at the university of adelaide is yep. using nanomaterials in photocatalysis okay so i'm applying some of the knowledge from the my work at flinders just in a in a separate application yeah mm. so that's i mean it's not really it's kind of how i'm am trying to remain flexible so that i'm more employable yeah i think that's really all i'm thinking about. and we had that question yeah. a while ago about like jack of all trades versus yeah that's what i'm thinking about yeah so you're yeah. you're just trying to push open the jack of all trades box a little bit to be like, yes. hey, I'm, I've got all these skills that I could help you with. Yeah. Do you do you think that being labelled too early with a specific skill set is a bad thing, then, Chris? I guess yeah. And if you don't expand that skill set, so ECRs should be going out and looking to expand skills as side projects. I think so. I think that can't hurt, you know, to know how to do lots of different things. And I, I, to be honest, I wish I'd done a bit more of that when I was younger as well. Yeah. So when I came to, to Flinders, I really had only done AFM and dabbled in SEM a bit. That's all I dabbled. really had. So all the projects I did were all revolving around AFM. Mm. Now, for my, my supervisor when I was at um, Cambridge... <laughs> um, now, he, he was quite different. He was all... They, he was an X-ray guy. Yeah. And they would study lots of molecules and crystals using x-rays. But then when AFM came along, 
him and a couple of other people were like, oh, this is new. This is let's get on this bandwagon, and they did some quite different research with AFM, and that's yeah. how he got into that. Okay, and they published some big papers in that. So sometimes it, it is finding a new technique mm-hmm. that can de- deliver new information, mm-hmm. and really with all of us though, it comes down to can you publish it in good journals? Mm. That's really what it all comes down to. Mm. So is the area you're, this new area you're going to work in, is this new skill or this new technique you're going to learn, is it going to result in publications in big journals? Yeah. And that kind of does constrain us, I think, in a way. I think that does limit us a bit sometimes. Yeah. You, and it's got to produce something quick. Well, exactly. We yeah. can't spend yeah. nine years on a, on a project and it deliver nothing Yeah. for nine years, even if the 10th year... A dozen papers is coming out. It takes out a lot of the moonshots from research. Yeah, I, I mm. think I think that's a big thing that's changed is the pressure to publish and publish regularly, quickly stops people doing really ambitious work. Yeah. And I think that's a big problem we've got now. Mm. Mm. Well, yeah, I mean, the common thing when you start a new project, oh, how many papers do you expect? Oh, five a year. Are you fucking joking? Yeah. Like, yeah. in the you know, first year they expect something. 10, 15 years ago, five a year would be considered pretty good for anyone. Yeah. Anyone. Yeah. Now it's like postdocs are expected to get that um, mm. straight out of the bat. Crazy. Andy, what, what did you ever think about this? I mean, you're out of You've been a solar now. guy, really. Yeah. But so, different. But you see, you know. I was very lucky because my overall skills, well, my, my, one of my supervisors, actually, this is probably a good point that. I got my skills based on my supervisor's skills. So I got colloid and surface science from Erica Wanless. I got a little bit of organic, not much from Warwick Belcher. Didn't really, you know, he was the, he was sort of that influence. But then the solar aspect was Paul Dastor. Mm-hmm. And so I left my PhD with a little bit of everything from that. And... I was able to get a job in the explosives industry because of colloid and surface, yeah. so emulsion explosives. Then I was like, eh. Then I managed to find something, I was very lucky to find very specifically solar based on my PhD research. But then changing it to like using surface chemistry, like colloid and surface again, to get mm-hmm. into the mirrors. Yeah. So I was lucky, I think, that those three supervisors brought together a skill set that was quite broad. Whereas I don't know if that's true for everyone. But it's hard, I mean, at least at PhD level, to to just get skills. Like actually, yeah. I mean, it has to be relevant to your to your research, mm. doesn't it? You can't yeah. just say, I want to I want to be good at this. Because yeah. it's I mean, skills are hard to get. You actually need to 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 gain them. You need them. So you need an incentive. So you need to be. Yeah. Able, you need to use them. Get because I've you know I've had students want to get trained on equipment in the past, but they're not going to use it in their project, mm. and so no, they're just not interested really. It's you know you need some incentive. Yeah. So what from from this day forward, how are you going to future proof your research? I'm not sure. I think maybe the the some of the future ideas that I have they yeah. would be good elevator pitches. Right, um, and they might come up in in situations like that, or when I'm trying to really put my work in context, mm. I could use like say in 20 years, I think you know we're going to be using quarks for yeah for energy, and so that's why now we need carbon nanotubes. I don't know, <laughs> right? It doesn't really work, but well, it in a way like selling an idea first is 
very important yes. before you even like if you can get someone excited about where you think you're going yeah to and to invest in that that's almost a skill in itself isn't it mm. that's future proof yourself to be able to sell bullshit well that that's a skill happen. i i really think that's that's, that's a skill that's what i'm relying on to, yeah, to stay right. in the business talk yeah. my ability to talk <laughs> Yeah, you've got to, to some degree, sell sell the research you're doing or yeah. planning to do. I've got some uh, more future of solar energy predictions. Perfect, do it. Cameron's future predictions. All right, so I think there's something that uh, could be improved upon with if solar, if say solar panels are at this point where they no longer need to be researched, yeah. is energy transport. So the moment electricity right. gets transported along wires, I think that if a solar solar panel was made, that it would be almost lossless and not lose any energy by converting light into electricity, mm. then we could transport energy via laser. Visible? No, it wouldn't have to be visible laser. I'm just imagining like great green lasers like shining across the yeah. globe. But- well, so, I mean, uh, lasers currently used to transport internet and other telecommunications across very long distances and so i mean we could be using similar cables underground or uh or you know in the sky bouncing off of satellites to to transport energy i used to have a a book when i was a kid called space and in it 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 was just about what was outside the house (laughs) (laughs) he used to (laughs) it's not scary (laughs) (laughs) Um, and it would have its idea was basically that there would be massive, uh, like solar powered satellites in space, yeah, yeah. So, Which there are, yeah, but they, these would be these would be really massive, and, and obviously, in space, there's more incident sunlight, the atmosphere doesn't scatter as much light, yeah. And kind of what you just said, the energy would be beamed down, but they suggested using microwaves. I've heard that one. I've heard yeah. the microwave thing before, and that was just like maybe even five years ago. You lose some energy, obviously. There'd have to be some scattering, some energy loss. Yeah. Um, I just imagine, like, when I hear microwaves and beaming, someone, like, someone getting cooked. So, well, just like a plane, <laughs> just like slightly off course, going right through this microwave field and just like cooking. Like, it just smells so nice. Like, it would be like a barbecue on board. It would land <laughs> and be like, oh, this smells delicious in yeah. here. Open it Everyone's up. It's just cooked. delicious cooked pork. Yeah. But that, that's an idea I've, I've heard of before. Yeah. yeah. Like, if, if I was. If I had to give advice to anyone now starting off in the science field, it would be get some coding behind you. Yes. Like coding or programming or some language because you can really apply that to any field. It's only going to become more prevalent. Yeah, the only thing I would say I would think there might be a flaw in that logic would be the better artificial intelligence gets, I think the better and the easier programming will become. Yeah, you're probably right. I can imagine that at some point you won't need to learn any kind of language because the language to code will be so simple. Yeah, yeah. You won't need to actually do that. So this is a big problem for people in the future with employment. We could be training people now and and teaching them the things that actually in the future because artificial intelligence will be so advanced that those jobs are actually meaningless. I heard something mental like the people that that are starting uni now we can't even predict the sort of jobs they will need to fill by the time they finished mm. or start in school now, something like that. But it's, it's like, it's yeah. insane that we haven't even, we don't have a need at the moment for the jobs that will exist. In yeah. But the, pro- sort of 20, the problem, 20 years the time problem, the, the reason I think it's different now is that artificial intelligence is taking cognitive jobs now. 
So there's two realms that humans work in, the physical and the cognitive. Physical. <laughs> That's physical. it. That's it. Well, and the artistic. But I, you, you can't tell me that a, a sufficiently intelligent artificial intelligence couldn't be a great artist as well. Well, I don't know, Chris. I, I think they could. Why you not? reckon? Yeah. Fish, 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 fish. But it's true. So I think we're, we're entering an era where, where um, if it gets sufficiently advanced, there's a lot of jobs that will simply disappear. But that will make our life easier. Yeah, exactly. I mean, well, if you've got a lot of – I think the value we have on work, and it's what you said a couple of podcasts ago – about you'd be happy to come in and work for nothing, do scientific research for a base wage. Or the idea that there would be a, what's it called? Universal, Universal basic, basic income. income. <laughs> like and this is, this is what people are seriously proposing because machines could end up taking so many jobs oh, that, that really we're, we're, all we're left with is things that we kind of want to do. Yeah. Well, I mean, Andy, you'd be a machine job communicator. You, I would, yeah. Where you communicate yeah. to the people what, what the, the machines, machines did today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Could you ever make an artificial intelligence that is superhumanly funny? Like like such an amazing comedian. Like it gets on the stage and mm. starts cracking jokes and people are literally gasping for, for air at this. It's That's so a good, funny. I mean, what a, what a great way. Once a way, machine can do that, we are fucked. But what a great way to die. <laughs> Just send this machine in, and he starts telling, you, "Oh God, you've killed everyone." Oh yeah, I'm so happy. You know, I mean, then 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 we're in big trouble. And I also, I mean, if a machine can do scientific research, then that's the end of it for us. Mm. If you can say to a machine, "Right, combine, combine quantum mechanics and relativity," all right, Gov, goes right. away. <laughs> Why is it Cockney? <laughs> Comes right. back a day later. There you go. String theory. There you go. Yeah, yeah done. Uh, make some uh, molecular solar cells for me. Yoink. Then we're done. That's it. Like, I, I really hope that the future has your sound effects. <laughs> yoink, yoink. All right, Gov. I, for one, welcome our robot overlords. <laughs> yeah, it's probably good to get, get the crawling in now. Our next section is Science This, where we use our transferable science skills to science the shit out of an everyday activity. I mean, this one's not so everyday. And this... Science This comes from r- real life. Mm, a real life it person. It comes from a real life person. Not oh, me. So it's not written down anywhere. No. So, it, so it's not real then. We no. Sh- we don't have to do it. No, you're right. Yeah, we don't have to do it. We Sorry, have Chris. to do it. <laughs> so um, this person I, I know through uh, one of my hobbies, which is playing um, Samba. And he said, I really want you to do Get In Buff. Mm. So mm. Andrew Schwann, mm. this... It's for you. I've and been asking to do this for months. Get look, you've and, made Gibbo uh, there's very. There's been some resistance. You've made Gibbo very, and very now that happy. A listener has requested. Schwanzer. It shall happen. Yeah. All right. Um, who wants to go first? I have to go last because what I've brought is invaluable. All right, I'll go first then. Here we go. Good. I've been busy being awesome and stuff, so uh, you know maybe this maybe will be rubbish then. Yeah. Remember that we banned you from using uh, 100 people last last episode. Oh shit. Yeah, and you can't use 101. 102. Or 50. Okay, <laughs> right, 200. So so today we're talking getting buff, right? Yeah. And we know buff. Gibbo loves to think about his times as buff. Gibbo. Buff mm. Gibbo. Buff there was Gibbo. A, a good six months there where he was. Buff great days. Gib- great days. Still his Facebook profile. Yeah. Great days. Still, yeah, great still days, your Facebook profile. Days. That's how much you loved it. Mm. The hours mm. in the gym. <laughs> the <laughs> hours <laughs> bicep curling your way through 
Tesco's mm, with, sweating. with peas, with the frozen peas. Like, oh yeah. Do you know, we, I was stood in a supermarket line once and I saw someone doing bicep curls with like their like shopping bag or whatever. Ooh. And I was like, Buff Gibbo. Buff Gibbo. Mm, it's Buff mm. Gibbo. See, Going buff, for the pump. Buff Gibbo was buff at his buffers in Adelaide. Yeah, Were I was. Not a Tesco, it's a Coles. There's, oh. there's been peaks and troughs with my buffness. <laughs> Where would you uh, say you're right now? Uh, this is this is a reasonable trough, <laughs> uh, but there was there was a, a fairly large peak uh, uh, when I was here in Adelaide. All right, yeah. good. Do you know when what I, first I don't here. understand? Gibbo, probably you know, the whole do you thing. Not, every, I don't understand every single why. thing about getting buff: the exercise, the exactly. sweating, the pain, the so, mechanism of putting on muscle. Exactly. I don't <laughs> understand any of that. I am creating, as my science, this oh, no. a universal standard of buff. <laughs> you I, should. Oh, I like this. Like an IU pack. Exactly. Of you buff. should consider this. What I'm about to do, the universal metric and standard for the for the kilogram. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. They, this is going to be something that everyone measures buffness against. Yeah, okay. not so, just Instagram. That's right. That's right. So Facebook I looked up. Picks. I looked up how this normally happens. Right, uh, International Organization for Standardization. Uh, so this is what happens. Yep. The experts form a technical committee that is responsible for a specific sh- subject area. They begin the process with the development of a draft that meets the specific market need. This is then shared for commenting and further discussion. Okay. All right. Mm. The voting process is the key to the consensus. If that's achieved, then the draft is on its way to becoming an ISO standard. Okay. If an agreement isn't reached, the draft will be further modified and voted on again. It takes about three years. Mm. All right. But you've got time. What I need is an example of buffness. I need a committee to work out what is the perfect premium example of buffness. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I, I thought you were just going to stack the voting committee, or is that coming up later? That's coming up later. <laughs> and we all know what buff looks like. What is it? But the world hasn't seen it for a while. <laughs> oh, I think, do we need to repost Buff Gib? Our international metric for buffness <laughs> Thank you. Here is going to be... Buff Gibbo. Thank you. Buff Gibbo. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I've got some photos on Facebook. I'll get together. Um, some measurements, things like that. Yeah. yeah. So what we yeah. need is a committee, and I'm thinking Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yep. In his buff days, so we need to bit of time travel, but that's no worries. This is science. This we can yeah. do that. Yep. Arnie, and also um, who's come on? Name some of the bodybuilders. Did you need just to say on. Arnold Schwarzenegger and Arnie, or is it you just said his name twice? I think I just said his name twice, okay. but maybe they're two separate people in my mind. <laughs> Oh, so Come some on. of the some of the most famous bodybuilders. Sylvester Stallone. Yeah, we got Sylvester Stallone. Uh, some great. of the most famous bodybuilders would be Lee Haney. Oh no! Come he on, won no. Mr. Olympia six or seven times. Uh, Lou Ferrigno, who played the Hulk. Yep. He's Ooh, good. that's good. All right, these are our committee, right? All right. And me. Oh, All right, you're on the committee. Yeah, I'm on the committee because I'm I'm leading it. But the good thing is, right, Gibbo, you are in a bit of a trough. Right. A, a, a slight slack phase, yes. Right. <laughs> but the great thing is we've got three years... To get me back to, to where I was. To get you back to peak condition. <sighs> so my international team... And of- my, my my science this will get me there. Oh, this is <laughs> all working three years? together. This is all working out exactly three years, in fact. <laughs> Good. This, yeah, is, this, this is, is perfect. This is perfect. Right. So my international team are going to come up with the perfect, um, I guess, exercise, exercise regime, regime. Diet. 
everything. Right. Drugs. Am I on? Am I taking roids? What am I doing? Yeah, look, you're pumping me full of drugs. Everything. Well, because we haven't got to pass competition standards. We want you to literally be the buffest that science can make you. And we're to- talking nutrition, exercise, and drugs. Jesus. All right then. So the, this the, is rough. Yeah. Oh, that's your passion. Yeah. 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 Okay. I mean. You're literally impassioned to see me looking beautiful. <laughs> yeah, I really, I just want to hold those muscles again. All right. Um, All right. So we're going to come up with this. And the International Committee, every sort of six months, we're going to get together and look at the progress. And we're going to say, is this buff? buff. And yeah. then we're going to go away and deliberate. Yeah. yeah. Not this time. All right, no worries. Work on it again. Just, do, do, a, do, do, do. just a quick question. Yeah. What's Chris wearing at this uh, Is he buff yet or not? Uh, nothing. Conversations. No, okay, good. Nothing. All nothing. right. What a yeah. thought, Zoe. Yeah. Bare ass. Bare everything, Chris. Actually, I believe <sighs> you're actually shaved. 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 Even your head, eyebrows, <sighs> nose hair. You're hairless. This is a heavy price to pay for you're, buffness. You're actually dipped in just under boiling water to, <laughs> <laughs> to burn off all of the hair. No bacteria. No bacteria. Like we, we need a pristine. You know how you know how with the international kilogram they handle it with gloves. Yeah. That's how we need to handle you. We need you to be pristine and glove handled only. No fingerprint. Not no a fingerprint fi- on him. No grease. And to show off muscles better, a lot of bodybuilders yeah. cover themselves in oil. Would I be oiled up? I will be oiling you. You'll yeah. be oiling For, me. Yeah. Is this? But or he's in near boiling oil. Dipped in near boiling oil. I like oil. that one. Let's go with that yeah. one. Well, I'm yeah. not so keen on that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So every six months, we're going to get to this committee together and we'll say, is this the international standard buffness? No, carry on. Then we boom, boom, you keep going. Whoa. Within, I reckon, we've got two years. Two years. At the end of this two years, the international team's going to get together. Hopefully, they'll all be alive. Hopefully, I'll be alive. You. I'm fucking getting dipped in oil every six months. <laughs> <laughs> and we may say, is this buff and we'll look at each other and we'll nod it'll be a slow nod there'll be a tear running down arnie's face right (laughs) and we'll say this is buff right and what we'll do then is kill you and kill me yeah Yeah. and you you need him somewhere in a museum yeah we need you for buff pristine (laughs) and untouched then so we'll kill you and preserve we'll me in formaldehyde or something like that. Preserve you in, I'm thinking, epoxy resin. You oh. suck out all of the air and you sort of replace it with epoxy. Oh, you yeah, become really I've hard. That. Yeah. Like the, the man who does it with gross bodies yeah, and fish yeah. and sharks yeah. and yeah. stuff. We'll do the same thing. And you will be kept on display as the international standard for buffness. Thank you very much, gentlemen. Uh, that was good. Really good. That's a heavy price to pay. But it, I we, guess I've got no choice but to pay it, apparently. <laughs> that's right. That's it. That's all it. Right. But, um, um, what about just the photo of Chris being buff that we, no, no. we all have? We need it needs to be touched, powerful. It, you know, okay. it needs to be part so of that reference. You can't just look at buff and say that's no, buff. No, no, you need to touch. You it. need a three-dimensional representation. Yeah. Okay. I like that. That's, that was good. Thank you. Thank well you. Thanks very much. I'll reserve my opinion for when I do mine. <laughs> all right. I think we're all going at this from different angles, good. which is good. I like this. All right. All right. So, all like right. Andy. I don't understand <laughs> what buff is. Why people would want to be buff? Yeah, I, Gimo, why? I like playing sports, and so I would. You maybe... never mentioned sports before. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm wearing my shirt. That he says sport. <laughs> He's got a shirt that says sports <laughs> on it. Oh lord! Can I just have a generic sport shirt? I need yeah. to. I love sports. <laughs> Lovely. Oh.
So getting buff, it's yeah. all for show. You don't actually need to be muscly. People get buff just to show off that they have muscles. Yeah. They don't need they're not getting buff and then going, Hey look, look at me, pick up this rock. Right? <laughs> That doesn't that doesn't come up. No, Do you, you need you, a you, hand you, with your shopping, madam? Yeah. You guys, never, <laughs> you guys <laughs> obviously <laughs> didn't hang around me much when I was buff, did you? I was well, incidentally pick, picking things up constantly. Picking up rocks all the time. <laughs> oh look, look at that heavy rock. I'll just move it out of the way. I did that all the time. All right, so and and I don't have the time, none of us have the time none to of us. you know, like putting on muscles, even with steroids, it still yeah. takes time and effort. It does take time. All right, so I think uh, implants. Why not get oh. implants to sh- to so that you so it's look pure fakery? So that you look buff. Anyone else looks at you, they say, "Oh yeah, he's buff." But you actually don't have to go through any of the effort. Uh, so we're not talking about implants that are functional, like to make you strong as well. No, nope. we're talking no hundred percent aesthetic, purely aesthetic implants. Oh. There are some bodybuilders who have had what they call calf implants. Because it's very hard to develop calf muscles, and they, right. they get implanted. I have heard looks, that's the yeah. thing, yeah. yeah, yeah. But I mean, I don't want permanent implants that are always like up, because you know, muscly people they have you know like like really big necks, like traps. They have big necks. Traps. You know, they they <laughs> it must be uncomfortable wearing a shirt. Yeah, when you've got like big muscles and whatever else it is, is going it on. Is. <laughs> It is really uncomfortable. So my yeah, implants, it looks people, my implants yeah. can expand and retract oh, depending like upon when they're required. Yes, ah. I've seen that. I've seen a similar technology, but for erectile dysfunction. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. You From could use friend. the same technology. Yeah. <laughs> for a for friend. a friend. <laughs> you could use the same technology. Yeah. Push a button, pumps up. Boom. So my implants, they're only going to be big when they need to be seen. Mm-hmm. So they're going to be made out of a carbon nanotube film or bag. So we've got a carbon nanotube bag that's uh, going in, say, for the bicep. Yep. It's going in straight in that spot. And it's stimuli responsive. Mm. So, so when 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 it hears, mmm, gibbo. <laughs> <laughs> so something like that. So what goes, what can instantly go massive and small? Oh God, on, Andy! Oh, here we go. Answer um, this one. Penises. <laughs> uh, I should have made a bet. All right. So airbags. Oh yeah, of course. Airbags can go massive quickly yep. because they ch- they uh, a little bit of heat sparks a chemical reaction which turns a solid into a gas. And so what? So I'm thinking, what's a reversible reaction where a solid goes into a gas Ooh. and can go back again? Lovely CO two. Yes. Yeah, sublimation, baby. Whoa. So some science. At three hundred Kelvin, carbon dioxide can be a solid when it's under high pressure. Yes. So my bag is coming in its deflated form, yeah. where it it is CO two at about ten thousand atmospheres of pressure. Wow. <laughs> Holy shit! So I'm walking around. We're, we're walking around with a compressor or some kind of pump. No, it's a it's a full bag. Okay, under that kind of pressure. Yeah, because they fill it and then they then they put the pressure in and close it and then they seal it. Okay. Oh okay. Okay. God. Okay. It, I mean, if you were to get into a little accident, yes, seems like the little accident so would can, turn very quickly yeah, into a so, big accident. So you can only pop the muscles no, once. But, it's reversible. No, no, it's re- reversible. Yeah, right. And 
they're made out of carbon nanotubes, so nothing's uh, going to go well, wrong. Well, everything, everything will be wrong. fine then. Yeah. The yeah. future is secure with yes. us. Good. Applications of Cameron, I'm editing a special issue <laughs> of uh, the journal Nanomaterials. Uh, oh, muscle implants? You, Will you it, accept purely fictional ideas in your journal? Um, He'll take anything if you pay the money. 1,400 Swiss francs. You've got 1,400 <laughs> Swiss francs. Yeah, I think that'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. It might whiz through review. <laughs> All right, so CO2 is small then in its solid state and yep. then it's large in its gaseous state. So if, so if, I, if we just uh, – the bag – it's stimuli responsive, so a little electrical current goes yeah. through, it relaxes a little bit, it gets that little bit bigger, and then poof, the CO2 turns into a gas and it expands to its full muscular shape. Oh, that is lovely. Um, one thing I like about this is that, you know, the people that dance with muscles, that twitch their muscles, mm-hmm. this would be so cool to watch. Yeah. Just a... Well, you- Whoa! What I mean, what about the skin over the top of this? Is yes. that gonna is that gonna suffer any kind of damage? Well, no, the skin is very stretchy. Okay. Um, Do you think so it could that, withstand these kind of yes. extreme on, changes? I got stretch marks area? on my bum from like losing like a kilo. Wow. Yeah, my really? bum has got loads of stretch. Do you want to see it? Okay, let's, let's let's do it now. See He's though. doing it. He's doing. <laughs> um, yeah. So anyway, all right. Continue. Continue. All right. So I mentioned that it's stimuli responsive. Yep. Mm-hmm. Andy, yours was good by letting it hear ooh, ooh gibbo. Gibbo. But I think my ooh. my stimuli that I would respond to because you don't want to be like awkwardly pressing buttons or whatever to make no. your muscles go up. Yep. And also, whenever you're wearing clothes, there's no point in me having a massive six pack. Abs right now because you can't see them. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. the stimuli that they respond to is a little light sensor. So as soon as light hits anywhere near Uh, the muscle, uh, it's in when the shirt comes comes off. Yep. So it's you only look muscle muscly when someone else can see it because that's the only time anyone wants to be muscly. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Okay. 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 That's very good. Stimuli responsive CO two implants. That's all you need. Perfect. Well done, Cameron. For someone who hated the idea of this topic, (laughs) you have come up with something pretty average. Andy, again, you've brought mediocrity. Oh, yeah. And now it's up to me to bring a substance so valuable it's incalculable. He's been talking this up all day. Yeah. So um, antimatter is the most valuable. Who who have you got to credit? For this idea. No, this is all me. This is all me. This has been brewing in my mind for years. What did you Google? I did do some Googling. I did do some Googling, but I needed some scientific facts to back up what I'm going to say. Now, usually I bring francium. Lately, I've been bringing antimatter. Yeah. Which is worth trillions of dollars per gram. Yeah. Now I'm bringing a substance that we don't even even know how to calculate the value. I'm bringing neutronium. Oh, yeah. Yep. Neutronium. The silence is confusion. You should see the look of awe on their faces. Cameron's looks a bit aghast. And neutronium. Neutronium. Good. Neutronium is the material that a neutron star is composed oh. of. So when some stars collapse, oh. they collapse to layer only a sea of neutrons. Did you watch Whoa. Thor on the weekend? I did. That's what I Thor's, did Thor's from a dying star. Yeah, <laughs> neutronium. It is the densest material in the universe. So like a spoonful of this stuff is weighs as much as Mount Everest or something yeah. like that. That's what I've brought. More well, valuable than antimatter. You bloody talked this up. Here it comes. Here it comes. 
Why don't you let us be the judge of how good you, how good your stuff I don't is? Think, I really don't think you guys are expert enough to judge how good this is. So I, whatever your opinion is, I discount it. There's only one person who can judge my science this. John Sader. That's me. That's me. And I'm going to give myself top marks. All right. John Sader wouldn't. Okay. So, look, you've talked about the level of buffness, the standards for buffness. Yeah, I'm pleased you're listening. And giving me about three years I'm surprised, to reach yeah. that. I'm surprised you're listening. Yeah. You've it talked was about, about him. You've talked about how muscles are useless and not effective for being buff. Yeah, that was the first sentence that I said. Yes. You're wrong. You're wrong. <laughs> I'm going to use that three years that Andy's um, given me, yeah. and I'm going to undergo a technique to get buff that that is literally beyond this world. You're, now, right, how you, do you usually get buff? Neutronium dumbbells. Uh, that's not bad that's not not bad that's not bad but but they'd be a bit too heavy I like like on the rack it'd be one kilo two kilos 455 7 million Everest yeah Yeah. Yeah. small hill Mount Everest anyway um, so I'm going to do it the old fashioned way by resistance training and that's the standard way people get by resistance you mean like protesting against the alt right (laughs) yeah uh, having, <laughs> having electrical current pass through your body. Uh, no, no. Uh, so weight training. So progressive weight training. Oh. Now, th- th- this goes way back. The old story was about a young young boy who used to lift a calf from one side of a farm to the other. And then every day he would lift that calf and he would take it from oh, you know, one part of the farm to the yeah. other. And then the As cow. the calf yep, got, got older and right, older next. and older, and by the time he finished, <laughs> the calf was a cow and he was covered in muscles. That's and also the idea. just stunk of shit. From Behind, the stop dissing my ideas. <laughs> Progressive weight training. I'm going to do the same thing. <laughs> yeah. But guess what? I'm doing it a bit differently. I'm not going to lift weights. <gasps> the world is going to be my gym. I'm, not cha- I'm changing. Hang on. I'm changing gravity. Shit. Yeah. Shit. Now, there's a couple of ways I could do this. Oh. One very crude way. Is this like how Superman's super strong because of the different gravity on uh, possibly, Krypton? Possibly. Is possibly. that the reason? Mm. That's one of the oh. reasons, yeah. He's the the, the oh, gravity on his learn. planet is hundreds of times or thousands of times uh, greater than, than Earth's. But I'm doing something similar. Now, one way you could do it is to wear like a weight suit. And I've got yeah. a picture here. Oh, you now, do. I know, I know you, the P-poppers can't, can't see this. But there's a guy in a vest and he's got little oh, pockets. Yeah. It's like a little like uh, bulletproof vest and it's yeah. got little pockets. There's little in pockets it, yeah. on it. You can put little weights in there. Now yeah. you can get them for your legs, you can get them for your arms. And what I would do is I would fill it with obviously heavy metals and things like that. But heavy metals. What kind of metals would I use? Well, you'd have to Alice work Cooper. up to the densest metal possible. What is the densest naturally Lead. occurring material? Neutronium. Yes, neutronium is, but I, 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 I can't fill my pockets with neutronium. Just one little atom, mate. Weigh as one much little... as a planet. No. Um, gold? Osmium. 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 It has it's a very density dangerous. of 22.6 grams per centimetre cubed. So that's what I'd be building up to. But this is crude. I'm not doing it that way. The other way to change gravity is, for example, to be in a spaceship and to undergo G-force. Yes. So if you could be in a spaceship moving at a higher uh, acceleration than gravity, you will experience more weight force. Yeah. Can't do that. Why can't we do that? We don't don't have an engine capable of doing it for sustained periods of time. Right. That's not how rockets work. 
That's big thrust for short periods of time. Right. The other way is a spinning space station. Yeah, I've seen the spinning things. Yep, spinning space station. So that's what I'm doing. Now, what kind of space station would it be? I've done some maths and I've worked out that a space station with a one kilometer radius, we're talking about a spinning space station like a wheel, one kilometer radius with a, I think it's a 1.16 rotation per second, which is about 172 meters per second linear velocity, would give me... A gravity on the outer ring of 3G. And that's what NASA says a human being could theoretically withstand. <laughs> so you're browning out while you uh, now while you while you're you're just doing did, this. You know how like, airline pilots do that thing where they like tense all their muscles just to stay like conscious. Yes. So you're spending your entire life going, <laughs> nope. <laughs> nope. No, 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 no. Think about it. Fill the burn. Think about it. Think about it. Think about it. We're talking about it. progressive. Right, 1G. We're starting uh, at 1G. Now, there's a couple of ways you can do this. You can change the radius. Nah. So I could move up 500 meters and have little little oh, wheels everywhere. Yeah. Can't do that. Yeah. Let's just change the speed. So yep. I'm going to start at 1G on my space station walk habitat. Walk, walk, walk. Normal, it'd be quite nice. And then every month, we're going to increase the acceleration by 0.5 meters per second squared. Okay. So for an 80 kilogram person, that's like adding an extra four kilograms. I leave it for a month. Yeah, it seems easy to just add four kilograms. Not onto a suit. No, yes. in a space station, you don't have to wear a, a weight suit or anything like that. It's, and it's, it's all the time. It's equal all over the body. Equal yeah, all over on, the body. I'm on, I'm on board. It's, yeah, it's much better. Much better. So four <laughs> kilograms. Then you give yourself a month to adjust, yeah. and then you up it again by another oh. 0.5. Now, how long uh, do you think it would take to get to 3G? Three years. Three years exactly. Yeah. Well, well done. Um, at what point do you pass out? How many well, you don't. In? You don't because your body is given a time to adapt no, over the three years. A Absolutely. Month. You Absolutely. reckon? Yep. You reckon that if you took your your like a one G person and slowly accelerated them to three G over three years, over yep. three years, that there wouldn't be a moment where it's like, <laughs> nope, nope, nope. Your body would adapt. Your body would change. So I am currently a hundred something kilos yeah. by the time i finished my three years you'd be, I'd be three times that. plus kilos <laughs> Jesus. and that's just because you're not doing anything on the space station you're eating loads i'm just i'm just living my life <laughs> i'm walking around i'm lifting Wait, the shopping so are I'm you like, doing like concerted training in during this so time? i have i have to have an exercise regime and i have to continue to do that i have to maintain the same bones- level of output and, and by the time I finish this, after three years, my, I'll have massive muscles, incredibly dense bones, and my cardiovascular system will be superhumanly powerful. I will essentially be Superman by the end of this three but years. But it only works if then you return to Earth. Yes, so we'd have to finish. Yeah. So after the three years, I'd have to return to Earth. I would then go to your little um, competition. And be like, and I would dip you in oil. You'd dip me burn in, off in oil. All the hair. I'd be so super strong that it wouldn't even annoy me. Yeah. And Arnie and everyone would sit around and go, Is this buff? And you'll go, Yes. <laughs> and Cameron would sit there with his little humanic suit. <laughs> and I'd be there going, That's rubbish. And I'd pick him up and I'm throwing through the window. There we go. <laughs> Actually, I think you'd feel really. Yes. Wouldn't you feel really faint? Because the blood pressure or something, so you just you'd inst- you'd come back to earth and you just faint. No, 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 no. Like my uh, my heart would be incredibly powerful. All the blood vessels would be super strong. Everything would just be strengthened. Just be good. All yeah. right. 
Love it, yeah. Gibbo. Lungs Love will be it. amazing. Everything. Everything will be more efficient. It wasn't as good as you made it out to be beforehand. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to say that no matter what I said. Music is provided by the awesome Adelaide-based band Voice Rom. Check out their stuff on their Bandcamp website. Also, remember to subscribe to us on your favourite podcast app. Like our Facebook page. Join in the forum. AndyMatter.net. 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 Buy our mugs and leave us a review on wherever you get this podcast because that's the most important thing for us, Cameron, sponsor for the week. You were just listening to the Publish Parish podcast. It was brought to you this week by our future sponsor, Robots. Uh, thank you for looking after us in the future. <laughs> we love you. Thank you very much. Final farewells. Goodbye from Falcon. Goodbye. Bye, teabag. <laughs>